What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain hey everybody as per usual, I'm going to talk to you guys about on it today, but I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach. I really want everybody here who's listening to understand how important this company is to me. I mean, these aren't just products. These aren't just things that I'm selling. And of course, I am an entrepreneur and I love you know business and I love being able to provide something that's of value to people. And I love all those aspects, but it's a lot more than that. You know, this is a movement about being a little bit better today than you were yesterday, a little bit better tomorrow than you were today. It's really something that's deeply a part of my heart. And I would just like to encourage everybody to go and explore, like check it out. I've talked to you guys a lot about the different products and all of these are amazing tools that you can use to level up your life, whether it's you know take an alpha brain to get sharper and improve your memory and your focus or do something like this, a podcast or write or whatever. Like these are just the tools, but really the spirit of what on it is about is only experienced when you start to dive deeper, when you view the YouTube pages, when you go explore the Onnit Academy on the website, and you just start to poke around and try and get the vibe. You know, see some of our inspirational videos like Toughness is a Choice by Duncan Keith and all these great videos with all the athletes and people that we work with. You know, that's really the the heart and the spirit of Onnit. So I really would be deeply grateful if you guys took a chance to check that out you know, give me your feedback too. Like, you know, let's work on this together. Let's figure out how on it can be the best thing possible for your life and for my life and for everybody's life and make it the dopest thing that we can possibly make and come out with the coolest shit we can possibly come out with. So, you know, give feedback, let us know how we're doing and get involved. You know, this is something that's really near and dear to my heart. So I encourage you guys, you know, make your first stop at onit.com slash Aubrey. So in case you buy anything, you do get that 10% off. But otherwise, just explore and see what you find. And uh, I really appreciate you. And thanks for tuning into the podcast. And thanks for checking out the page. Much love. One of my favorite things about what I do is getting to meet and interact with all of you amazing individuals. But the amount of feedback that I get is absolutely overwhelming. So I've been fortunate enough to add some amazing people to my team to help me out. And one of those people is Eric Godsey, and you're gonna get a chance to meet him today. He comes from a really strong psychological and well-read background. I think you're gonna enjoy diving into some of the most common themes that we come across from questions that you guys write in, and also take a really deep dive into the hero's journey, open relationships, psychedelics. He's truly a kindred spirit, and I can't wait to introduce him to all of you. What up, fam? So today, I'm here with Eric Godsey, who is straight up on the front lines working with me and my team 
one of the smartest and most insightful dudes I know. He's like, he's wow. like, he's like partly like the office team psychologist here, <laughs> or it's like Kyle might be like the the office shaman, <laughs> like the, the office spiritual psychologist. Yeah. You got everybody pulling cards. <laughs> you got them coming to you with ideas. Yeah. Potentially, maybe encouraging microdosing. Uh, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but man it's been a fucking real pleasure to have you as a part of this team and we can get into the story of how that came about at some point perhaps uh, but just having somebody with your skill set and ability on the front lines helping me answer all of the comments and questions yeah. that i get that i don't have time to <laughs> dig in there and get to yeah, and sure. filtering those up to me and then allowing that whole process to really continue to you know to serve everybody and i know a lot of you who've written on instagram have probably gotten a response from <laughs> eric this man. from the am team that's me <laughs> this is him yeah this is him so welcome man yeah man it is an honor and um it's it's my pleasure to be here truly and it's surreal the first podcast i ever heard in my life was the first time that you went on joe rogan right after chris died and you became aubrey and you shared <laughs> that story about doing ayahuasca so full circle yeah pretty rad pretty rad so i wanted to talk to you you get you're i mean as i said you're on the front lines you're talking to you know our people the tribe all day sure what are some of the common themes that people are coming to you with what are some of the sticking points the areas that they're having trouble the things that they want to know more about um i think the most common one and these are probably the people that are uh the least inhibited to ask their questions are guys wanting to know how you got to where you are with your body like that's like <laughs> the most common thing probably in the dms are dudes um who shouldn't be sending selfies but who are about them working out and asking how can i be like aubrey so that's probably level how one. many dude selfies do you get gods uh i've gotten more in the last six months than all the girls i know have gotten in their life and uh i don't know what i did or what energy i put out to attract the dude selfies well, it's, it's, it's but my we're here. energy obviously yeah obviously fuck. i'm attracting a lot of male selfies yes and what is the ratio of male selfies to female selfies that we're uh, one to zero <laughs> <laughs> i'm really killing it this is, this is what i'd always dreamed yeah. i always dreamed that i would create a platform where i'd just have dudes and for the good of all sending me and most of the all are dudes photos. i'm fucking crushing it young chris chris marcus would be proud <laughs> of what i've accomplished so far i think the discernment amongst the women is they know not to open a dm conversation with a selfie dudes don't have that discernment they just for think like reason. a good ab pick and we're oh yeah we're like be of pros. course aubrey will respond to my abs <laughs> guys it's not working oh man that's pretty funny uh well that's a, it's an interesting question because it's like i don't have a transformation story like mm -hmm. i this has been a consistent journey for me for since i was really young you know like since i was i'll post those old pictures of me playing basketball i was leaner then but mm -hmm. then in college you know i started adding muscle and continued to add muscle and have been pretty much the same weight within 15 20 pounds and same body fat within one to two percent my whole life yeah and it's just been yeah, a consistent you. application of that but what's interesting to me is like i think that my mind is such a is such a nightmare in a lot of ways mm -hmm. it's so difficult to wrangle that yeah. like just taking care of my body like that's that feels like a finite system it's like oh this is easy like i know what to do here like this yeah. is a way that even when everything is chaos and everything is crazy in my head i can do something to my body that i know will yield results yeah and so it's a way it's to tame your mind it is a way to tame my mind exactly and it's also something that like helps make me feel good you yeah know? and it has immediate results because these 
things that I'll track down in my psyche, I could go on a six month journey tracking something down and not realize what it is and then forget it and then get sidetracked and find myself depressed or anxious and not know the way out. And mm-hmm. it's very non-linear, you know, it's kind of going all over the place. But with the body, it's like, yeah, you know, stress and recover, stress and recover, repeat, stress and recover. Yeah. And when I'm, you know, mentally stressed, that's when I would do it the most. Like I remember I was in Australia and I was totally fucked up about my girlfriend who decided to stop seeing me and start seeing some football player for like Pittsburgh Steelers or something like that. I think I've told this story before. So I like looked up his combine stats and was trying to like beat his bench press record from the combine. Like, yeah. like that's why she loved him and didn't love for me. sure. It's because he could it bench was his press 40. Yeah. yeah, it was his forty. I knew I couldn't beat his forty, but I thought his I thought his two twenty five rep test was suspect. And I got these really short arms, and I'm good at benching, so I fucking. So that's what I was doing. I was walking around Australia in this mental fog, but you know, my way out was to go to the gym at University of Queensland and just put on Pantera, this love, and just. <laughs> yeah press as much as i could yeah so step one have demons <laughs> <laughs> and i guess i guess solve your demons in a positive like tame yeah. your demons in a positive way like Definitely. other people have those same demons and they'll go all right drinking and food mm. you know and that's the way to tame the demons and that's how that's, you amplify the demons that's the way you're yeah. going to amplify them and and this one not necessarily wasn't doing like long-term benefit for them maybe slightly just because the more confident you are in your body it helps you be more confident in your mind but yeah it's at least finding the escapes that are helpful and mm-hmm. i think that's just been it for me like this is the way out of a troubled day or a tough situation yeah. or you know if, if something in the open relationship is failing or something in business is failing or something else is failing like the gym is a refuge yeah it's simple you go in there you do what you know you need to do and you come back you'll feel better immediately and mm-hmm. the long-term benefits will be there you know and so to me it's like the easiest thing to do because it's a finite system all you have to do is show up and do it yeah you know it's not how necessarily right. yeah it's just will you mm-hmm. and it seems like what you're doing is make your life hard enough where it drives you to the gym like if your life is easy and and it's not chaotic in your mind you might not have the motivation to go work out but like doing the open relationship running a fucking company and then trying to do all the things on the side with psychedelics like you are pushing yourself to the gym every single day yeah and so maybe people out there who are trying to find the motivation like challenge yourself enough outside of the gym where you recognize that the gym is the place where you can go and hone your mind a little bit yeah and because a lot of us are lazy you know and like like seeing the open relationship stuff now like up front in person like that's a second job that you've willingly chose to have that challenges you in a way that most people like they desperately try to find their wife or their husband so they can shut down that part of their development because it's way too much stuff mm-hmm. you know and so do a lot of hard shit and i'll drive you to the gym yeah and and that's a it's a good way to look at it and then just start the practice of fixing fixing your problems with positive solutions yeah you know so whether that's daily gym yoga meditation like what are you doing to solve the problems is it pure escapism which is going to exacerbate and throw mm-hmm. gasoline on the fire or is it some kind of positive process for sure and i've just gotten used to the positive process not that i don't have certain self-destructive patterns that'll occasionally creep in we all do (laughs) but you know but for the most part i know what works the best you know and it's just that's the shit that works the best yeah and then from there like what do i do well i'd try to 
I try to stress myself maximally, you know, on a pretty regular basis. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't do either. They'll kind of get in there, they'll fuck around, they'll do a little cardio, they'll do a little weights, they'll be yeah. kind of on their phone. Like at at a regular intervals, I will push myself to the absolute point of near collapse. You know what I mean? And, and that's and that's I think another defining characteristic of like how the body works best. Like there's yeah. real benefits at the at the extreme, at the fringe. And most and, people don't go there. No, they don't go there. They don't and and there's ways to do it safely and not safely mm -hmm. too. Like you can't go there immediately, but find the like for me, sprinting on the curve is a really safe way to do it. Yeah. The curve is that treadmill, it's mm -hmm. curved. Like I can really give that thing hell for five sprints of a tenth of a mile. And at the end, I'm just hands on my knees, just like yeah. panting. My teeth hurt, like my gum, <laughs> like my gums hurt. Like that's yeah, I've never been there. Yeah. Then that's and then so that's like that's one way you do it. Or mm. with the battle rope. And you don't stop when you get fatigued and you get a little hurt. That's when I start using my mind to think about the shit that I'm troubled about. Maybe yeah. Whitney's new boyfriend, or maybe, you know, something else that's in my head. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm not gonna stop. I'm yeah. gonna do this, you know for all the people that i'm gonna help or whatever motivation Absolutely. i'll need and i'll keep going until i'm just gritting my teeth mm -hmm. and then the, the benefits of that will be you know you'll really feel those when you get there so find those safe movements like battle rope like the curve and then just go to the extreme yeah there's this quote by hunter s thompson and it's that uh um none or almost nobody knows where the edge is and the only people who have found it have gone over it and yeah. it's just like yeah and yeah. that reminds me of, so when I heard Joe Rogan talk about this, I've started to do it sometimes. And it's the psychological situation that he does when he's like doing like the bag. And he thinks like, I'm defending my family from death, mm. like from the marauders coming across the like sea to take my family. And he's trying to push himself to the point where he's trying to trigger his primal DNA to yeah. fucking defend his family. And a couple of times like i try to do pull-ups and i'm like i'm trying to lift my sister over the ledge of the cliff you know so i can do my third pull-up you know yeah. that's, where I'm at. <laughs> that's actually something i've played with a lot and the emotions can get deep you yeah. know i've taken that far enough where i finish and i'm just like panting and crying and sweating and like you can really get yourself in a pretty intense state yeah which feels good it feels good to exercise that but you will feel kind of an endorphin drop mm. if you take that really far interesting yeah um it's almost like this blood rage that develops sure. right like you're yeah. just like you get blinded and you mm -hmm. and i've imagined that same scenario and, I, and i've actually talked about it before but it's it, again it has to be safe movements you know you right. wouldn't want to do that with like a super heavy squat or a heavy deadlift because you'll throw right. your back out right For like sure. you need to do that very disciplined like, but with the bag or with battle ropes or with a sprint, like you can put yourself in that scenario and then just meter out how deep you want to go with the yeah. emotions. Yeah. Because it can go pretty deep and it's something to play with too. It's like learning the human animal, like exactly, learning, yeah. finding all of these buttons that you can push to yield that result. And that actually brings us into the next uh, a really common theme that I see that we don't really have a resource yet to send people, but like people who are in the midst of their depression, like they don't know what to do. They don't have the motivation. And like a lot of people think that you personally will reach through, you know, the crowd and fix their thing for them. And the constant advice that I have to give them is like, nobody can do this for you. Yeah. Um, I guess for all those types of people that wish they could 
be fixed by you, which I think has given up their responsibility and their fate on some level. But um, how could we help them? Well, I think that radical responsibility for where you are, I think, yeah. is is really important. And then I think it's understanding the framework, you know, that I think you can start to operate in. And I think one of those frameworks is identifying yourself as the hero and identifying that there are going to be patches and periods of deep struggle and like that is what defines the hero Mm -hmm. like that's the game we signed up for with all the monsters and the boss battles and these internal things and it is the overcoming of these things that actually gives you the character and makes and defines who you are so instead of it trying to be like oh wow why is this happening to me oh woe is me i'm depressed it's like oh well this is the dragon that i have to face right now yeah and in the overcoming of this this is where my soul is going to be forged in the steel and you know the steel of my soul will be forged in the fire of this depression yeah and i think reframing it like that like all right so here's my challenge and this is what's going to create the adaptation for me that framework is super important and that's the kind of warrior archetype the hero archetype yeah and i think that anyone who would offer these people the i'll fix it for you like those are the people you want to stay away from there's this great story that i just read yesterday but it's about this boy has a caterpillar and it goes into its cocoon and he the boy goes to his mom and asks his mom like what's going on with the caterpillar and the mom explains like that's how it becomes a butterfly um, the child does not have the patience and went in with some small scissors and cut the cocoon a little bit to help the caterpillar become the butterfly. The butterfly comes out of the cocoon and dies. And the child goes to his mom and he's crying. He's like, what happened? What happened? And the mom explained that the resistance of the cocoon, like it's a fine-tuned evolutionary process, that the resistance that the cocoon gives the butterfly is what allows its wings to get the strength to fly. Yeah, and I think um, a lot of well-meaning people who want to help other is that people, true? Is that is that real? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that really happens yeah. with the butterflies. Yeah, okay, I yeah, didn't know so, if it was a metaphor. Or yeah, some real fucking insectology shit. <laughs> right there. If Ian was in here, he'd, he'd be able to help us with the insects. <laughs> but um, I think that there's a lot of well-meaning people who want to help other people, and people who are depressed who want the help, who want someone to fix it for them. And I think like you, you wound them when you do that. Yeah. And so, how dare you? Exactly. How dare you rob them of that challenge? Mm-hmm. You know, how dare you take that, their ability to be a hero and say, no, 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 yeah. you're not a hero. You know, I'll take care of you. I'll That's be the, the devouring mother. Yeah. Archetype. Yeah. Tell Talk about that. Yeah. So Freud came up with a lot of crazy shit that we just discard. But one of the things that he came up with that, um, it's it's still mind-blowing like when you really think about what's going on here but some parents don't want to be so good that their child goes off and becomes an individual adult they want their child forever and so what this type of parent will do is they'll solve all the problems for the child they'll baby the child they'll keep the child infant and then the child won't ever leave when the child becomes an adult and freud was basically like that's a pact that the child and the mother make with each other and the father can do it too but it happens more with the mother and the if the first child's a son for reasons that we might not want to get into but um the child and the mother agree 
the child. If it's Freud, it's always something to do with sex. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> he wanted to fuck his mom and he projected that onto everybody. Um, uh, you know, there's this funny quote by Jung about his critique of Freud. And he was like, you know, uh, my mom was ugly. Like, that's what Jung said. And so, like, a lot of what Freud put forward, it just doesn't make sense to, to uh, Jung. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. But anyways. Um, <laughs> Freud, Freud needed to jerk off before he wrote anything. For sure. And, he just, just, and just, to people, check, just to check himself. 100%. Just to make sure he just wasn't horny yeah. as he was coming up with his theories. And what people don't know is um, right when he, like, got his degree, like, when he was able to be a doctor, cocaine was used and it was legal. And he was giving cocaine to everyone. It was like, oh, this is like helping people. And he was doing cocaine all the time. And then, um, you know, they started to find, oh, this is highly addictive. He stopped prescribing it. But a lot of people, some historians who have done a lot of reading and work think that he stayed on that cocaine train all the way until the end of his days. And, you know. Um, so he had that coke dick. So he couldn't even get hard exactly. enough to ejaculate. So, so he was constantly going horny all the time. <laughs> oh, we're solving a lot yeah. of issues here with Freud. But devouring mother, getting back to that, that shit's on point. Because yeah. it can be not only devouring mother, it can be devouring friend, exactly. devouring boyfriend, exactly. devouring girlfriend. Like anytime you rob someone of the ability to like meet the challenge and overcome it, there's going to be a serious problem. Yeah, you steal their fate. And also like that is also the problem with overprescribing these drugs, mm -hmm. right? Like if you're going through something, a lot of the research will say that these things are cyclical, they're periodic. They're not like a lifetime this this idea that you have one chemical that's out of balance, you need this thing for the rest of your life because you have a faulty machine. Right. It's not really how it works. Like most of the research says, okay, there's periods of depression, anxiety, things these things will come yeah. in natural cycles. But if the minute you get to the hard part, and then you inject some third-party fix, whether that's a person or whether that's a pill or whether right. that's something else outside of the agency of the person going through it, you rob them of the ability to get stronger Absolutely. in resistance and defiance of that of that thing. And, and we do it all the fucking time. Yeah. We do it not only with our kids, we do it with our, particularly in relationship. Absolutely. You know, it's like, oh, this is hard. Well, you know, let me make it easy for you. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we think that that's love and it's exactly. like it's like the opposite of love it's this mm. weird like it's a very short-term coddling mm -hmm. you know pandering to comfort at long-term deep long-term cost absolutely and we don't have the fucking foresight to see what we're doing yeah and it's it's like you're the thing that you love you are keeping weak because you know like we could go like eight ways with this but one of it i think is people are afraid that the people that they love will grow beyond them you know and mm. then that they'll leave them and it's like you're playing a, a really dirty game unconsciously if you're keeping the person you love as weak as you can and you stay weak you know i think the proper response is like i'm going to help them become the best human they can possibly be and i'm going to elevate myself too you know yeah and that's so much e easier said than done but it's a weird thing that i see a lot and i'm guilty of it too i've i've done it i've been the devouring mother but the father you know like in relationships and then hindsight being like i kept that person weak because yeah. i was weak yeah you know yeah i mean that's that you see that a lot where in in that way or also in the way that people just are insecure mm -hmm. about how big their partner can get you right know, like absolutely whether when they're on fire they want to they're the first with the bucket of water yeah not man. with the gasoline you know and that's something that you see a lot of times too like they like people in a very narrow band where they mm -hmm. feel equivalent but when they 
you know become that outlier and they break out of it and they're yeah. just on fire you know then all of those fears of abandonment trick come in and start to trigger like oh he or she's gonna leave me now because right. look how awesome they are i can't keep up with them rather than that just admiration and that kind of push to fucking kill it even more yeah to join them in dancing in flames Fuck you know? yeah and and that's like when you're in a healthy relationship that's the beautiful part yeah, like you, you guys see, elevate each other you see your partner just kill it and then that inspires you like fuck yeah all right i'm gonna go get some now yeah. too maybe i can't compete with that like even this weekend like we were out you know we had a i had a day with whitney this weekend on saturday we watched the fights it was great we went upstairs to the club and she was just fucking on fire <laughs> Yeah. And I was just looking at her with just a big ass smile on my face. Like, and I can ca- kind of catch fire in the club too, but there no was doubt. no way that under <laughs> any way could I even match like a potential. She was like a supernova that yeah. night. And she hits that. And I've had partners who've been able to hit that. Caitlin's sitting over there on the couch. She used to go supernova sometimes. <laughs> and it's just like the whole world, the whole club is just looking with like tilted eyes and inquisitive face and like a fluttering heart. Like, what the fuck is happening? over yeah. there you know and, and and those moments are the things that actually keep me the most enthusiastic like fuck yeah that was awesome yeah now that makes me want to be more badass and whatever Absolutely. i can do and next time i'm on stage or next time i'm doing a podcast or i want to bring my best you know and, and that's in the healthy relationship but you see it all too often in other relationships you'll see someone catch fire and then the other person's like holy shit i'm with a supernova let's fucking put the blanket on that thing let's get that wet wool over there and (laughs) and keep it contained yeah you know and that's something that we all have to be mindful of and so i think to circle back to people like if if you're in a place and you're reaching out to you know someone like aubrey or specifically to aubrey i think the hard truth is that no one can save this or save you for you there are resources that you can consume to grow and to meet the challenge, but no one can do it for you. And I think like, it's so simple, but I think if people really tried to do this, like if you sat down with a piece of paper and you genuinely get quiet and you have the courage to actually listen to what will come up, ask yourself, what am I doing wrong to contribute to where I am right now? You know, and in my experience, an answer will come within seconds. Like, it's it, there's a thing in each of us that's smarter than everyone else's conscious mind mm-hmm. and that thing will talk to you if you try to talk to it mm-hmm. you know and so if you're going through something don't ask us ask you like yeah. get on paper or get quiet whatever type of technique helps you connect to that that thing will guide you through the dark night of the soul not somebody else's conscious mind yeah that's very wise and i think that part is you know being able to tap into that thing more regularly is the first and most important step one like we have to be able to speak to whatever you your language wants to call it your soul your higher self your god self your whatever the whatever the names you prefer like the the truth of who you are Mm -hmm. you know essentially like being able to tap into that is important now and then the next step phase two is to start to live as that more often and be that Mm -hmm. actually in expression and you know it's weird i think at least one way to amplify the connection to that thing is also the answer to stage two which is like for me like radically try your best to to speak and act your truth and the more you do that the more that connection to that self becomes stronger 
-hmm. So it's this weird thing that the answer to one is both. You know, like as you start to speak and act your truth, you know, there's this idea in Native American like psychology, I guess is what I would call it, but really it's their myths. And it's that uh, the men who dream or like the people who dream in the culture are the ones that don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. And then when they do hear the call, they act on it. So like they do the dance or they make the art or they give the speech and that that amplifies their dream life, you know? And so it's almost like as you walk the path and you speak the path, it's like the path becomes more illuminated. Mm. You know, it's this weird either or the answer to is both, you know? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, there is the truth of who we are is beyond fear right i mean it's this infinite source connected to all things connected to the divine connected and this is you know getting farther out you know in the spiritual metaphysics of like what paul selig is talking about what ted decker is talking about but something that i think you can very much firsthand experience if you do you know a psychedelic journey or do any one of the techniques from Mm. shamanic breath work to ecstatic dance like you start to feel this presence this force of life that is in a place beyond fear yeah and there's never been a lie that's been told that hasn't been told in fear amen yeah. right so like there's no reason for anything but truth when you're beyond fear mm-hmm. and so the act of being in truth is the act of being beyond fear is the act of being who you really are you know so i i really think understanding that there's no way to be who you are truly and to know who you are and to not be in truth it's not possible because absolutely the absence of truth is the presence of fear so and that's like the that's what we have to realize and mm-hmm. holding holding back your truth is just holding back yourself yeah your light and yeah. acknowledging who and what you are which is i think the real purpose of why we're here and that's that's been my kind of recalibration of late for anybody who's read you know my newsletter and has been keeping up with me talking about that like understanding that for most of my life i was really concerned with what i was doing Mm -hmm. like what am i going to do how will my life of doing make me you know be worthy of all the gifts and talents and everything that i have like what can i do for the good of all what can i do for the good of all right and then recalibrating that to like okay that's important yes but the more important is who can I be? How can I be? What right. can I be? Can I be my best self? And what does the best self do when you're being? I don't know. It does stuff. <laughs> it does stuff for the good of right. all. Yeah. Like, but the first, most important part is not about the doing. And I would always retreat and run to the doing, even when I was not being. I was like, well, at least if I'm doing. And again, it was a healthy response to the stress, mm-hmm. but it was still an escapist response. Like yeah. working out doesn't fix my problems. It's just kind of like a temporary relief Mm -hmm. doing stuff doesn't fix the issues it's just kind of a temporary relief some kind of temporary external just well at least i did some shit even though i'm fucked up in my head right now at least i was accomplishing some stuff that helped some other people so i kind of feel better about it yeah but even more important is to be that kind of love expressed like be that individual and then the actions of the individual once you are there are going to be awesome and that's always when i've done my best stuff anyways it's not when i'm really stressed about the doing it's when i'm being and then something comes through me that seems to be beyond me and so really refocusing on just being and knowing that that's enough and knowing that everybody who i encounter if they see me in that higher state of being 
will be affected by that mm -hmm. you know yeah. in some way and i think so two things that come up one is it sounds like uh the doing is a preoccupation with the goal and the being is like the Tao. it's the way it's how mm -hmm. you are along the way which is actually the whole way like yeah. there is no destination and when you act in accordance to trying to do the destination you're constantly in the future you're, you're not here now doing being you know and like we are human beings you know mm -hmm. and the other part is the whole truth thing. I I find that like we all kind of have the same calibration for um, when we tell white lies or or when we aren't in complete truth. And when we see someone say the thing that we know we won't say because it makes us uncomfortable, like we feel more free witnessing them just be truthful. You know, like because there's all these things that we think we should feel bad about or should hide or shouldn't share and people who share that shit like they kind of give you permission like oh i can actually let my light out and it's not it's not bad or it's not like showboating or, or let my shadow out yeah amen you yeah. know like that's the that's the thing it's it's showing both sides it's not pretending to be one or the other yeah like people who let like that's true humility like true humility is letting people in on your lack of humility Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it's not yeah, this false humility of well, oh you know just one one play at a time you know i'm just thankful for my teammates like all right when that shit's real like good for sure. good but every once in a while i'll be like i'm the fucking shit did you see what i just did yeah exactly then man. people are like okay of course he felt like that he had ways, to have yeah. feel he had to have felt like that you know maybe that's a weird example but no, whatever I, the shadow I mean, is you gotta you gotta show and that's actually being humble like being truthful yeah. is being humble like oh here's me being a dick here's me being awesome here's mm -hmm. me all the things in between and guess what you're the same you know and sure. so now we can see each other and the now we can actually is a lie it's a lie yeah it's a lie it's a very polite it's a very polite lie right yeah but nonetheless it's not that's not being humble right you know being humble is actually showing your vulnerability and showing yeah. like where you aren't on home where you're a cocky Absolutely. brash piece of shit <laughs> you know like yeah and i think that that actually brings up a really good point i think a lot almost everyone i meet like out outside of the cocoon of this company that is interested in like spirituality they only want to focus on the light and there's this like denial of the shadow and i think like we take it for granted here because like or at least I do, because everyone here is so open about their shadow, at least compared to most people. And I think that that's something that uh, you embody well, is like the shadow exists too, and it comes out and it's real. And most people I know who want to self-identify as spiritual, it's positive vibes only. Mm. You know, It's not dark, twisted vibes that come <laughs> from a deep primal place that exists in humanity you know it's like no it's got to be light it's got to feel good i can't be challenged you know and i guess i guess what i'm trying to say is i'm grateful to be around people that like that is allowed it's necessary it's like absolutely necessary like the rest is the rest is just a recipe for a disaster yeah you know because then you hide the shadow from yourself it's not even the hiding it from other people but when you're hiding it from other people you're typically hiding it from yourself because sure. you're going to be the strongest judge of all like nobody judges ourselves more harshly than ourselves. 
Yeah. And so if you identify as someone who's on the other side and has reconciled all their demons and blah, 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 and then when those things come up, you just ignore them. And then they grow stronger right. because the more afraid you are that they're real and the, the more, you know, and the less you look at them, the bigger the monster becomes yeah. until the monster's really actually controlling you from the subconscious. Mm -hmm. And then that's a real fucking problem. This is great child, or it's it's a book for children. And it's about like this family uh, is just, you know, doing its family thing. And a small baby dragon is found by the kid in like his room. He goes to tell his parents and his parents ignore him. Like they pretend like the dragon's not there. And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it like on the back of the dragon is the whole house and the whole house is carried away. And then the parents finally start to acknowledge the dragon and then it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and then it gets fixed. And it's this really elegant childlike story about the shadow or about any problem in your life. Like some part of you seizes, sees it, knows it's there. And the way you make it worse is by not looking at it. Yeah. It's by not talking about it, not not being in truth with it, you know? 100%. And it man. carries the fucking house away. And, and and then being able to love that part of yourself that's despicable, that part of yourself, and to acknowledge that it's yourself and then send it love, like yeah. it just transmutes the whole thing. I mean, I came in the other day, like a week ago, kind of freaked out because I had a fucking crazy dream in the middle mm. of the night. And... Uh, <clears throat> And so I'm dreaming in the middle of the night and I had a dream that this really kind of demonic presence was kind of coming after me. And I asked, I go, what do you want? And then through my own voice, I think I actually might've even vocalized it in my sleep, through my own voice, it goes, I want everything. As like the devil or darkness or the demon expressed. And I go, fuck and i'm awake at this point and i go like fuck that was fucking gnarly because not only was it saying i want everything but it came through as me yeah this force of resistance that wanted to take all of my light and destroy it was actually a part of me it wasn't external as it was initially in my dream it mm. came through me which is fucking truth because yeah. all of that darkness isn't external this all whole idea of this external devil and external demons and possession nah that shit's in us mm -hmm. it's in us so same same with all the light and all yeah. the darkness it's all in us it's all creation all of consciousness the polarity of the whole thing is in us so immediately i've known enough through my psychedelic journeys that i acknowledge that and i acknowledge the parts of me that were in resistance, the parts of me that were denying my own light and denying my own love and holding me back and torturing me and preventing me from yeah. being who I was. And I acknowledge that as me. So I acknowledge that voice as an aspect of me, not as me, but just an aspect of me. And then I started to send that love and I out loud was like, I love you to that dark element inside yeah. me. And then the voice came back and it, it got a little separation, didn't come through as me anymore. Got a little separation and it goes, you think that's gonna work and i just kind of like sat with it, like yeah i, I do actually <laughs> yeah. and then the voice goes it always works <laughs> and started laughing yeah and it was like this fucking crazy experience and and when the darkness started laughing because i was sending it love and and it was just like the whole thing dissipated yeah and because the whole thing dissipated then i was able to get back to sleep and like everything was cool and i haven't been troubled by that at all but if yeah. if i had created the resistance where i thought 
oh fuck i'm possessed by some external force there's some darkness in me i got to get it out i got to use a crystal extraction get the fucking <laughs> get the burner and the pointed quartz right. and we're going to pull this out of my stomach and then we're going to take the crystal in the moonlight and we're going to cleanse it like fuck that yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of work yeah and, and it's not going to work it's so filled with fear it's like let me take the fear and put the fear in there and then take the fear and then cleanse the fear it's like fucking obsessing over the fear part and just fucking send yeah. it up and it's not taking responsibility like yeah what you did is get is keeping the responsibility in yourself because you are all of it the whole fear or the whole crystal ritual that you laid out is a great example of like how people don't take responsibility like they think that the crystal will do it yeah or that the day or where the planet is that day will do it and those might have effects but it, it removes the responsibility and the power from you to some external object that you don't have access to yeah and what's really interesting, man, is it's like the level that you are at, you you must manifest a deeper shadow at each level to be the thing that gives you the resistance to go to the next level. And like, as you continue, it's just going to get stronger and stronger to meet you where you're at. And like, but that's that's the resistance force that you know helps you through what Jung calls the individuation process, like the thing that's bringing you to the pinnacle of who you could be your greatest ally is really your rival and it's it's mm -hmm. the shadow in you and yeah. it, it, it grows with you yeah no doubt but there's a way that you can play them in harmony you know yeah. what i mean and i think that's while well, the gravity and like the weight of it seems to be i agree with you grows like the disharmony that comes from like when it's when it's early and you mm -hmm. feel like it's different and right. it's like now like both notes like the bass and the, the drum and the flute mm -hmm. can play together <laughs> yeah. and make a song mm -hmm. and and that's i think the area that i'm heading towards is it's not that the thing disappears but it's that everything has been reconciled in such a way in such a holistic way that it's all in harmony yeah. and so it doesn't need everything feels fed everything feels loved everything and then i can just use my will and my choice to identify with what i want to identify with and move and move forward that way and i think that's the ultimately ultimately the goal is to create harmony out of this chaotic polarity absolutely there's this kind of the fundamental idea of jung is that your psyche um is this scattered like galaxy of complexes and memories and pieces of yourself like for most of us we have like 20 different selves depending on who we're with and where we're at and the like each of us are being asked to go on a hero's journey like all of us are being asked to go on a adventure and it's to organize our own psyche and like that means all the darkest shit all the trauma that we've been through and it's to bring it into like a sun you know like one thing that has a gravity in the middle that's stable where all the pieces are playing their part and uh that's the adventure that we all get to do and you know it takes a lifetime yeah the hero's journey is such a beautiful fucking metaphor yeah man and it's, it's like metaphor. it is and i think one of the helpful processes for anybody is you know i, I have a kind of a, a summary of the hero's journey that they actually use for different movie arcs and different things like that yeah. and um i've actually put the ecstatic dance that we were able to do at the last mastermind so dope. like put that through 12 songs for each of these 12 steps but i think it's really helpful to go through and take a look at that and then kind of see where you're at yeah like where are you in this in this journey and i'll go through them real quick with you so the first is ordinary world 
this is kind of like you before you kind of wake up and realize like what's going on so you as a kid or maybe a teenager yeah. where like everything is just like face value you're unconscious you're unconscious you know you're just kind of cruising around and then you get these kind of glimpses that start to happen like what what was that you know maybe it comes in this inspiration this idea or that point where you start to wake up or maybe that first psychedelic experience right. or that first kind yeah. of you know universal experience you had that helps you transcend this you know obsession with self or whatever whatever mm -hmm. this moment is and they call that the call to adventure right like the call to becoming who you really are the first moments of glimpses of consciousness because yeah. like as soon as you become conscious you begin to recognize oh my god my whole fucking life before that has been this unconscious dance that i haven't cooperated and I, you haven't really fully been in control of it's right. been dictated by societal norms and pressures and your own subconscious urges and desires and fears and whatever mom and, and dad yeah yeah and all of these things and you haven't really been fully living yet right. and then but then what happens is you start to you wake up and then you realize how much work it's going to be and mm. how much and you say no and how difficult it is and then there's step three which is the refusal like fuck no yeah like i'm out let me go back let mm -hmm. me go back to sleeping you know let's drink a little bit let's hang out let's just yeah. pretend that this never happened you know and you'll see this you'll see this happen on the micro level like when someone goes and does an ayahuasca experience mm -hmm. like they'll have this massive opening and expansion but a good majority of the people i know myself included at different times will then go to a period of unconsciousness right afterwards like it's so you wake up to yourself to such a great degree wow, yeah. that like the refusal comes immediately like fuck that let's drink you know and for some people that happens like on the plane flight home whoa they're like wow that was like let me start fucking hitting the wine immediately wow. at the airport even though you're not supposed to with dieta but like or they'll get home and they'll just like start partying for days yeah. And it's just like i need to forget this because that is a lot of pressure you yeah. know because i saw a glimpse of what i could be and what i could do and if i actually go for that i might let the world down i might yeah. let myself down i might let's cozy and snuggle back up into this unconsciousness and there's this brilliant you know it's it's a mythological motif but it's this idea that um you know god or zeus or odin or whatever can't reveal his true form to mortals because they'll burst into flames and i think that's what our potential does I think if you glimpse who you could be and you see it, you recognize that almost everything you are right now has to die. And people yeah. are like, fuck that. Give me the alcohol. <laughs> Give me the blindfold. I'm not trying to burst into flames. Yeah, yeah. totally. And it's, it's the ego death because we build these ego identity sandcastles. And you know when that consciousness comes, when you wake up, you Fucking realize tsunami. it's a sandcastle and that water comes in and it, it rushes through and it tears the whole thing down you realize none of that matters and then you build it back up again yeah. and that process you know is what actually helps us become who we are yeah falling in love with the being of making the castles like right and if you think that the first castle you make is the one that's going to get you all the way you're going to have a really boring simple life like get good and enjoy making new castles and truly. just keep fucking killing them truly i mean i literally killed i killed my name <laughs> you yeah know, like it was significant yeah. and i was like listen that's a different i don't want to i don't want to forget this shit <laughs> i don't want to forget i don't want to forget everything that i just learned in this iowa i don't want to yeah. go back to who i was i don't want to even be identified even audit like audibly 
with that. I don't want my no, the nomenclature yeah. of what other people call me to even be the same thing because I'm not the same fucking person and I refuse to be the same person. So I adopted my middle name, Aubrey, and just let Chris go. Yeah, and it's not you like bulldozed sir- all the sand underneath the castle <laughs> yeah, and fucking I was like, made a moat. Fuck that. Yeah, no. And it's it's like it's funny because there'll be some people. This is the most hilarious thing. Like people who knew me while I was Chris, they'll like call me Chris. Like it was like a like that makes them old school and like my old homies. Right. Like I'm just gonna still call you Chris because I knew you then. I was like, mm-hmm. please don't. Right. <laughs> like or just please be like respectful and nice of my what what I would For desire. Sure. Like I get it. I remember being friends with you back in mm-hmm. the day. You don't need to prove it to me. Like, I trust. <laughs> I remember. I was there. I was there. Yeah. I was there. Like you knew me as Chris. I got it. Yeah. You know. But now like. I'm I'm not that person anymore. So it's because it makes them uncomfortable. Like you were a supporting character to their movie and they don't want you to change. Right. Yeah. They liked fucking party animal, you know, sunglasses. Vin Diesel with the XXX keychain. (laughs) You will not share that with the public. They like that guy. (laughs) Yeah, so it's a it's an interesting, interesting phenomenon. But yeah, that was you know, that was a significant moment. And I think we we continue to keep doing that. And And some people stay at that stage of the hero's journey. Until, refusal of the call right until, until like die. a midlife crisis fucks yeah. yeah or they die and yeah that's the true refusal and you don't want to stay there yeah all right so next step meeting the mentor so this is this could be any anyway and i think yeah. a lot of people podcasts have been their mentor absolutely you it know, was like, mine like rogan or whoever it is on the podcast has become this kind of surrogate kind of physical surrogate for a physical mentor for sure and it could be an author in a book or it could mm. be a physical mentor. It could be somebody who's like actually there in the flesh. Like mm. It's actually been through at least a good stretch of the hero's journey. Right. And can help be like, hey, I see where you are. Mm. You know, like, And really going. you just need them to be one step up uh, yeah, beyond yeah. to help you like, dude, there's a fucking branch right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And just someone, because we need this proof that it can be done. Yeah. We need to be able to see that like, oh, it's possible. Yeah. And especially if you cultivate the ability to read. There are people from hundreds of years ago who may have had the exact same demons that you have, who have gone through all of it and then spent 10 years trying to write the best possible book they possibly could to help you through it. And like, there are so many dead geniuses who left their records. Yeah. Just go fucking find them and read them. Yeah. Why yeah. Do, you don't need to do it all on your own. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, I think, the beauty of the people who are, you know, if you do, if you are willing to read and do the work yeah. and like, listen to podcasts and find the ways there's mentors everywhere mm-hmm. you know, like you don't need a special connection you don't need a fucking apprenticeship with a spiritual master right. like they exist in books and i mean that's lectures. dope but yeah it's great you, yeah you don't need it it's not yeah. necessary for that step but just finding something to help guide you on the path yeah yeah for sure five um crossing the threshold so this is kind of that moment of it's like all right i just fucking can't turn back anymore right it's like when caesar took his army back and crossed the rubicon river to rome and it's just like yeah. this is now civil war <laughs> and that's actually the motif that's in most myths is it's about crossing a river like yeah there's something psych you know there's this crazy so um robert sapolsky mm-hmm. um he studies apes or he studies specifically uh baboons i believe and what happens is that when a baboon like when a young almost always male is growing up inside of its core group um they'll start to go explore the like the border of their land and it's always a river and they'll like 
cross the river and start to flirt with the other group that's like a cross. And the strongest males are the ones that leave their troop for some reason. And it's always, the border's always a river. So I think there's something fucking deep mm. and primal and old about the hero crossing a river to go do some unknown shit that the group that they grew up in would not ever cross. Like it's, the risk is too high. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that river can be, in most of our lives, it's gonna be metaphorical. For sure. You know, like what is that river? Maybe it is doing ayahuasca or maybe it is just committing in yeah. a very deep, in a deep way that, that you just can't go back anymore. You know, and it's, mm -hmm. you can do some great physical action like the kind of classic burn the boats example right. where you arrive at the shores of a new land and you burn the boats so you can't go home. So savage. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> savage. And it also shows that probably like, you don't really trust yourself at that yeah. point. You know, or so your men. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but ultimately, like knowing that there's that there's no turning back. And yeah. that'll come naturally if you just stick with the course. You'll reach that point where it's like, like Caesar said, you know, his famous line, Alia Yakta S, the die is cast. You know, like yeah. you threw the dice and it's you can't go back and change yeah. and change anymore. And yeah. it's wild, but it's like that thing inside of you, that voice, like it wants the hero's journey and if you okay. deny it it will fucking yeah try and stay at step three refusal to call see yeah. what happens suffer antidepressants see what happens overweight yeah just and just sick. disaster after disaster trying to get you okay uh inspiration isn't working how about desperation right yeah how about we keep fucking you up until you actually answer the call mm -hmm. you know that's just the way and that's your higher self working in conjunction yeah. with the universe it's not like the universe doing this to you like don't externalize this shit this is the part of you that wants to grow and wants to be a hero more than anything that right. knows that that's the point of you being here in this life <laughs> yeah. is to be who you're fucking capable of mm -hmm. to live as a hero that part of you is like oh if it needs to break your leg to get it through your fucking thick skull it'll yeah. fucking break your leg like good absolutely you know? like it just thinks in different terms. It's not that coddling, immediate comfort love. Like, oh, this is going to be a gnarly stretch for three years. But guess what? When he comes out of this, when she comes out of this, she'll be on yeah. the next step of the of the hero's journey. She'll it's know the who she is. It's the wisdom behind the cocoon, not the boy. Exactly. You know? Like, it's the fucking cocoon. And I like to imagine that, like, who I could be is, like, an energetic entity that sits at the edge of my life. And it's, like, it's it's magnetic. It wants me to become it. And it's smarter than me, and it will give me the ordeals that I need to overcome to become him. You know? Brilliant, brilliant. It's like a magnet. It's just exactly, like sucking you towards yeah. that at all. And really, you know, it's love. Costs. It's yeah. like this is who you could be, man. You, yeah. you fucking scared, weak kid. Come, <laughs> come. Yeah. yeah, I love you where you are, but you can do more. And that's exactly <laughs> yeah. like I. I think that's the right energy. Is like who you are is okay on some high perspective level, but you could become so much more than what you are right now yeah exactly and and to appreciate that process don't get obsessed with who you could become yeah. get obsessed with who you are at this moment what you're capable How of do you every do the fucking step yeah. of the way you know and know that that's the that's the goal and you know from everything that i understand you get multiple lifetimes <laughs> to try and do it so fucking just enjoy it a little bit too yeah step six you cross the threshold tests allies enemies you're in the fucking fight now hero yeah you're in the fight you got some shit it's going to come up always whatever that is and that's the time to brandish your sword the sword of the soul of who you are and fucking figure it out how and do you know yourself unless you test yourself exactly and the part there that i think really starts happening is that's when you start finding your tribe like the people that you weren't born with 
the people that don't share your blood, but the people who are trying to like solve the same world problems as you, that's when you start finding, and some people don't like the word tribe. Fuck it, I love the word tribe. Like mm -hmm. you start finding the people who are looking at the same star as you at night. You know, it's kind of a metaphor to think about this. But I think like once you cross the threshold, you start finding your brothers and sisters. Yep, yeah, that energy will attract the like energy. You know, mm -hmm. like attracts like. And so the when you're on the quest, you'll find questers. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. You know, that's yeah. just that's just the way it goes. Yeah. Step seven, approach to the inmost cave, right? So this is where you start. This is kind of the boss battle. You're for starting sure. to get ready for that. And this is like going in, maybe not exactly the boss, but itself, but this is like the labyrinth where the boss lives. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you start to really explore the depths yeah. of who you are, the depths of your shadow, like what makes you tick, that trauma that might've happened, you know, that you're starting to unravel right. and go through. Like what happened to me when I was a little kid? What what is this about myself where is this jealousy coming from why do i feel like i need to do things to be worthy of love am i still trying to impress my father like right. where that inmost area where the most work is going to get done yeah it's yourself has now seen that you are ready to start dancing with your shadow and like the deepest darkest part of your personality is like you know it's just going to show you like a pinky like he's ready you know mm -hmm. even though there's a whole fucking beast down there underneath the like dirt but i think it's and i i think it's the first true test where it's like you could say no out of fear you know and then you kind of have to regress and start over and maybe your allies or maybe help you just you. yeah stay stuck and test allies right. enemies you're it's the classic role-playing game analogy right like Ab absolutely i remember man. playing like dragon warrior and like there Great was an game. area where you knew where you could go into the fucking cavern and the main dragon was there mm. but you had to stick around fucking fighting gold men yeah. and little blobs <laughs> and train and yeah. train and For get sure, better man. weapons and find homies and like and if you went in there too early you just get your got fucking murked. ass kicked. Yeah. you got murked and you get back and you just keep keep playing so like yeah. if you're not ready for the inmost cave yet cool build strength build tools build techniques yeah. build strategies to help you because this shit is going to get real in there like this is not going to be easy this yeah. is not going to be a fucking cakewalk and everybody has that like everybody has that part that they don't want to look at that's really fucking gnarly mm -hmm. and that's part of the hero's journey to make it through that shit yeah and to, to hunt for it you know but hunt for it but not be so eager that you go diving in before you're ready and if you do fuck it you, you know you'll have a little ego death and you'll <laughs> get, sure. get your ass kicked real quick and then yeah. you'll you know know to come back there step number eight is ordeal so this is not just the cave but this is the dragon at the end of the cave you know this is where it's like you are literally face to face with you know it's the boss battle yeah it's like you're there you know and there's no backing out you're fucking there there's no gentle retreat from the cave licking a few wounds yeah you're kind of at this point now where you're you're fighting to the death you've gone in and you've revealed enough of your trauma that you have an actually acute memory of it right and you know that you have to confront the the person who traumatized you or you know whatever it might be at that point yeah you're, there's no backing out you're in it you're in the fight and you're in the fight period and you're either gonna live or die like like at that point like not physically but like emotionally spirit. spiritually yeah. yeah and that's you know that is a place where you know i think we've we've all 
a lot of us have been on the path we found ourselves and maybe a couple times in different yeah. ways we find ourselves in that in that point and that's it's a kind of a beautiful place to be in it's hell for sure but it's yeah. but it's beautiful because it requires everything that you're capable of yeah like i've talked about this before i only pray in the most extreme circumstances <laughs> you know like only in or de- i don't pray when i'm cruising through the For cave sure. i'm like oh in most cave cool <laughs> let's, fucking do it. let's do this yeah. you know i'll bring a couple techniques maybe some plants with me you know i'll be like oh in most cave but at ordeal it's like fuck like please god help yeah you know and like that that like i need everything i don't need to need myself i need like all my allies all my spiritual allies all the everything that i can possibly summon right or i won't make it you know that's when you know you're in the ordeal and what's really powerful like the gold that you get from the ordeal is that it shows you that there's a thing beyond you that is there to help you that if if you don't challenge yourself you think that your ego will get you through shit but there's a thing in your psyche that's much larger than you you could call it god or a guardian angel or whatever fucking words work for you but the ordeal destroys you so much that you kind of submit to that higher calling mm-hmm. there's a great story in robert green's mastery about um bucky Fullmeister or minster super fucking genius dude um he he basically started a company it failed and he tried to kill himself and he started walking into the ocean and he wanted to drown himself and then he heard this voice and his voice is like you don't get to waste this life you have gifts that you have to give people and uh we're going to help you do it basically is what happened and there's this motif in people who try to commit suicide or who get to a point where they're completely overwhelmed that that's the first time in their life that they hear the voice like there's something in the psyche that wants to come in and help when the ego has been humbled enough to recognize that it can't do it by yeah, itself. I think that's absolutely right. It's a surrender to who you really are. Yeah. It's surrendering your ego and those things that you thought were tough and those things that you thought were strong, those areas where you thought like I'm a badass. Right. You know, it's surrendering all of those and going like those are nothing. The truth of who I am, like love itself is the strength and that's universal and yeah. I just get to carry a piece of that piece of that oneness and it's surrendering to that that ultimately gets us through the ordeal we think it's strength of arm you know but (laughs) it's not it's this willingness to let go yeah let go to become the ultimate you know irrepressible force which is the divine expressed as us and through us and that's really what the ordeal will do yeah like what what i have found when i've when in psychedelics i get to the most traumatic painful parts is the thing that gets me through is to love and to accept 100 i love and i accept like having the courage to look at it and not to look away and then to love like that happened Mm -hmm. you know and then you get the gold yeah it's step nine the reward seizing the sword you know this is the point where having surrendered all that you thought made you strong but actually made you weak you know every aspect of the ego having surrendered all that to the truth of who you really are then you have a newfound power and a newfound understanding of who you are and you've been tested and you know that and you've put it through the battle and so you know it's it's king arthur being able to wield excalibur intelligently now you know like oh i know who i am and i know what my power is Mm -hmm. you know i know what my soul i am my soul and and at that point that only comes on the backside of of that ordeal which forces you to shed all of those other things 
Yeah, and I think the like the real like nitty gritty pragmatic takeaway from having these type of experiences is like if you have the capacity to look at the worst thing that's ever happened to you and like to love it, it puts everything in your daily life into a perspective that just completely changes your entire life. Like anything that happens with a coworker or a lover or a parent, it pales in comparison to whatever that experience was that happened in the cave. And the thing that got you through the cave was love and acceptance and it works everywhere mm -hmm. it works everywhere mm -hmm. it's excalibur it cuts every enemy yeah you know exactly yeah what you learned specifically applies to all things yeah you know and that's a famous miyamoto musashi quote yeah. as well you know yeah all right then you head back you know bring the treasure home you got to bring the treasure home yeah. and recross that threshold to dive back into ordinary life and start to be the hero and be that example for everybody else as that's step 10 number 11 which is interesting which is kind of like that that kind of final it's almost like this final test that comes i call it resurrection this one and it's that that moment where there's that one last thing that kind of comes at you like are you really ready like mm. when you come back home and cross the threshold mm. that one I, that one final real real challenge and you'll see it played out in movies that would be probably where um you know odysseus is back home and shoots the arrow through the axes and has to do the final thing right you know where he could get killed by the guards or right or some you know some issue like that it's that final moment where he's all the way back almost there and he has to actually show up not in the old patterns you know like right. it's like me yeah. coming back wow. to the to my all my friends who knew me as chris and still saying hey i know all you guys know me as chris and you want to see me that way but i'm still aubrey right you know what i mean it's that final test where you've made it all the way back you've crossed back the threshold but you get that final test like are you really are you really who you say you are yeah you know are you really ready for that right it's it's the test that matters in that it's the test that's in the real world again it's back know? in the real world you're yeah. out of the cave you're out of the ordeal you're back cross the threshold to the ordinary world again yeah and in the ordinary world can you be who you are right can and you be that's reborn? Integration. yeah yeah can you be reborn as this thing that you were or was that just in play mm. uh, exactly it's integration like did was this just your ayahuasca self right do you got to be in the jungle Absolutely. wearing your fucking mala beads yeah. and fucking taking flower baths to be that guy <laughs> or could you be that guy you know back at work could you Absolutely. be that guy when you go back home for thanksgiving with your family like can you be that person when you're back there in, right. the, in the real world and that's the hardest test. Like, there's a hard test. There's like this amplification that when you're in the cave, it's like, I get to be a fucking hero now. Yeah, but sure. it's when you have to come home and the environment is the way that it used to be. Nothing has changed yeah. except for you. You have to be the instrument that plays at a higher tune. Mm -hmm. And know? hold the higher tune even when all the other instruments are playing at and that lower vibration. And pissed that you're changing the fucking music. Yeah, and yeah. then until they aren't. Right. Until they're like, hey, I like that. Down. It wakes them I up. I like that sound. You know, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. And when you're able to do that, that's when you've returned with the elixir. That's when you've brought the medicine truly home that's mm -hmm. going to change the world. So going back to what we were saying first, this is about being first. And then when you're being, right, then you're actually causing the effect that you need. You need to be the hero. And that is the elixir. That is the medicine. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not actually the the ordeal and the slaying of the dragon and like, great, good, good job. Did all that stuff. But the important part of that is it made you who you were because you had to surrender everything that every aspect of you that you weren't 
it helped you see or remember you, see. you know and tested it you know like you don't know you won't get to that point unless you have to get to that point right like you can go you can do it in a million ways like in a, a sweat's one of the reasons why i love sweat lodge like at a certain point in sweat lodge your breathing techniques your mindfulness your toughness <laughs> all of that shit will fail it's burned away like all of that shit will fail what you have left is prayer and like surrender and then you realize how strong you are at that like oh okay i can make it through this and it's a very emotional cathartic process because you're shedding all of these things that you thought made you tough all the tools you thought you yeah all the things that and those are those are all great you can pick them all back up but ultimately like at the at the extremes you know when you're a door four and it's hot as fuck (laughs) and you've been in there for hours and you're uncomfortable and it's yeah you know like that's when you need the tools and so that's like a microcosm of the hero's journey like Absolutely. go from ordinary world into this into this place which is like the cave mm-hmm. you know and then emerge back out with the medicine and you, the more you do this the, you can have these micro heroes journeys like an ayahuasca session or like a tamascal or sweat lodge and then you have these macro ones which is encompassing your whole life right you know but but it all follows this arc and the more you practice it in the micro the better you'll be at you know following through it hones excalibur yeah Yeah, like these micros and that's why i think intelligent psychedelic experiences and i'll speak on my behalf and not on yours is something that i think is like a go-to blade polisher Mm. like and a lot of people will get the sword and then kind of start being too they want to cut everything you know or they (laughs) want to they're doing too much you know because there's this idea that only draw the blade when you need it you know yeah well also like there's a point where you're over sharpening yeah (laughs) you know like and you're actually gonna either break or dull your sword yeah you know what i mean like there's there's a there's a process that and you see that all too often where it's just like and it's also in some ways it's a refusal to return home like they just want to stay in the cave they want to stay in this like mythical world non-ordinary world and they just want to stay there because they can right. be a hero and then in the astral they can kick ass and they can make friends with allies and they could you know do just all of these different the things part. but can they bring it home yeah you know and so if they're staying there in that space just constantly then they're going to get less and less grounded and it's going to be harder and harder and harder for them to cross the threshold back home and that's actually return with the elixir that's a great point. and they're not recovering enough so they're over sharpening their blade sometimes they'll just crack their blade and you'll see these like fucking cracked cracked souls yeah you know and that's the hazard with that it 100 percent is a tool but it's a tool that used correctly hones your soul used incorrectly can dull it or damage it yeah and i think that that's a great point a lot of people don't want to do that last test which is to come home yeah and to do it where it's not as sexy but it's like it doesn't seem as sexy to some of the people on the journey but it's for, for sure the most important 100 percent makes it real yeah you know makes it makes it grounded in in life and that's what causes the change that's what causes the positive effect like yeah you don't like what is the purpose of medicine if it's not served you know like you gotta eventually that's serve a meme the guys yeah <laughs> like you, you gotta serve that you gotta serve it to the people you can't Absolutely. just hold it all yourself where it's no longer medicine mm-hmm. and serving it may just be being around people it's not even about doing anything it's right. just like being at that vibration around ordinary people and seeing them and not being separate from them and being like hey look look 
here's me like a little bit ago and then you get to be that mentor and you get to be that force that they get to look to like oh i see you that's awesome you know you're just right now hearing the call to adventure (laughs) right yeah isn't that fucking cool yeah you know i've never resonated with the stories of the of like the monks that go off and just like do their thing alone i feel like that's missing the point you know Mm -hmm. i think the point is do your hero's journey and then bring back the light you know like show as many people as you can and spend the rest of your life keeping your light attuned because that's always a process but then showing the greatest number of people who want to see it how to do it yeah yeah go be a monk for a while to hone yourself and then go back and move to a city and start interacting with people and (laughs) keep all your weird rules about you can't touch females and whatever sure. other crazy things you've had to use to keep yourself in monkdom yeah, in like monk, yeah. shed that and then test yourself in that way Absolutely. and see if you can still hold that vibration and still carry that thing i mean i get it in some regards because there's like a very kind of metaphysical morphic resonance they're holding this vibration I've heard even that though too, they're not yeah. touching any okay like i get it maybe there's some of that stuff going yeah. on but like ultimately it's not going to be nearly as powerful as if you're interacting with the individuals in the physical for sure you know and they're actually getting to encounter that you know it's like there's it's a whole other level you know like giving a hug to don miguel ruiz is awesome if he like prevented like that was a recalibrating moment for me because i was like oh my god this dude who i've read in the books which is great i love mm-hmm. reading his books very helpful but to see him living it and to like feel that expressed like that made a shift for sure for me that means like oh it is possible to have a completely different waking vibration mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have known that if he would have just stayed a recluse and just pushed out books. At least he was pushing out books. Yeah, for sure. You know, at the very yeah. least. But he, books and his presence, whoa, double medicine. Good job. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And it might make you uncomfortable to hear this, but that's how I feel about like reading your shit and now coming and working here. Like you embody it. And it's it's a different type of information being given off than just books. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. I do, I do my best. I'm always constantly baffled at, like how many times I have to wake up. For sure. Like how many times I can operate with massive delusions. 26 like, times since I met you. <laughs> at least, <laughs> yeah. at least. And like, it's just a wild thing. And I'm sure I'll get into this whenever me and Whitney jump on a podcast and talk about open relationship. But I think one of the dangers that you can have, especially for someone like me is, there's not a lot of people doing open relationships. So I'm like one of the kind of the experts for sure around you know, that topic. So when, you th- when you're an expert and you're talking about it and you're talking about dealing with jealousy and you're talking about <laughs> handling all that, then you can become blind to actually realizing like, oh shit, I'm not actually walking the walk at all. I'm completely fucked up right now. You know, and I'll, I'll have these moments like, wow, I was just suppressing all of this jealousy and I was creating separation mm-hmm. because I wouldn't allow myself to acknowledge that I was being a jealous little bitch and that's really the fucking bottom line of this yeah. whole thing. But instead, I was creating this whole complicated fabrication of reasons why we needed to create emotional separation, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. When really, it was just me not being able to look at my jealousy because I thought to myself, no, I got this shit. I figured it out. I'm writing about it. I'm talking about it. I got this shit. Yeah. And then you, you get these moments like, oh, shit, I don't have this shit. I got to start at the beginning and let go of all my specialness and all my things. Say, I'm back to step one, dealing with jealousy. <laughs> let's, <laughs> yeah. let's see if I can get back to that very first step there's this idea that jung talks about he wrote the foreword to a book by one of his most prominent students and he basically talked about like if you're the explorer of a new part of the human condition like 
you get to get there first, but you get to be the one who stumbles over and over and over and over and over because you're, you're the first torch in that part of the forest. And the people behind you will have such an easier time, but you kind of don't get to choose. Like you're one of the explorers in this part and you're going to stumble. And because you already have eyes on you, we will all get to see it too. <laughs> but, but that's a part of the role of being one of the, the first people in that part of the territory, yeah. you know? So yeah. I appreciate you stumbling the fuck around because it's going to help us. <laughs> yeah, just try to not light too many fires when you stumble with your torch. Yeah, and don't light yourself on fire. Like yeah, it's okay exactly. to fuck up. Yeah, and 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 forgive yourself quick. You know, yeah. in that open relationship field guide that we're putting out, and that'll be out soon. Um, you know, I think that's going to be a and and people look for that. It won't be out at the time that this releases probably, but it'll be out soon. soon. Um, that's one of the key things because if you don't forgive yourself for that then you just stay stuck and you That's stay right. in denial and denial and unwillingness to acknowledge truth going very back to the beginning of the podcast like the, one of the most important things is just being in truth with yourself that you're human that you're human you're gonna fuck up you're gonna make a ton of mistakes mm. be in truth with that and forgive quick and that'll accelerate you on the path absolutely man that was a pleasure same Appreciate truly that. um obviously a lot of people can interact with Eric through my channels, but also you got, what do you, what do you got now? You kind of paused your podcast, right? right? I kind of put, so everything I was working on before I got here, it's been in a coma for six months. It's still in a coma, but it's not completely dead. <laughs> but uh, I have a podcast called the Metaprogramming Podcast. Aubrey doesn't like that name, but we'll think about it. <laughs> and I have an Instagram. It's just my name. Cool. That's basically it. Appreciate everybody. Appreciate you, brother. Thank Thanks you. Thanks so much, fam. Peace. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I hope to hear more from you and myself and Eric and the rest of our amazing team. Love hearing all the comments, love hearing from you guys. And if you want to stay in even closer contact with me, I highly recommend signing up for my newsletter. Every week I write about my latest thoughts, what's going on in my head, what's going on in my life. If you just go to aubreymarcus.com and look at the top email sign up at the top of the webpage just put in your email we won't send you a bunch of crap it's all going to be the brand new book reviews or poetry or ebooks or guides and then just a weekly update of what's going on in my head and my heart and i think you guys will really enjoy that and of course please if you can stop by onit.com slash aubrey check out all the cool stuff we have there so many options for optimizing your life and you get 10 percent off pretty much everything just by stopping by that page so that's onit.com slash aubrey and I will see you guys next week.